Hi, I'm Ray, and you're listening to Insert Quest here. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm coming to you from a Wabakal and Waramai land. Today, I'm talking to Chloe Montgomery, game designer and co-founder of Biscuit Fun Games, an independent studio based in Newcastle-upon-Tyne. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Chloe. Would you mind further introducing yourself for our audience? Yes, of course. I am Chloe Montgomery. I use she, her pronouns. Uh, I am a trans woman in my mid-twenties, uh, based, as Ray says, uh, in Newcastle, Quentin, in the northeast of England. Um, yes, uh, I've run Biscuit Fund Games with my partner, Alyssa, and my cat, Holmes. Very important to have a, uh, have a studio cat. Yes. <laughs> he handles uh, the dreamies. He handles the treat eating, so. Someone has to eat the treats, of course. Yes. Um, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about your work as a game designer um, and uh, and your upcoming game uh, releasing on April 16th. Uh, Tournament Attack. For- <laughs> Tournament Up. In my, I had forgotten it for a second. I'm thinking like Grand Tournament Sports tournament a <laughs> wild very strange to forget a thing that you literally were just looking at yes uh on the on the 16th of april you're releasing uh tournament arc which is a sports tournament uh rpg uh which we'll talk a bit more about uh in a minute but i wanted to start where we always do uh by asking you how you first became interested in game design and how you first made that leap into uh into game design for myself it was uh homebrewing some stuff for world of darkness uh for example okay um well um don't tell the wizards but uh back when i was playing dungeons and dragons back when i was in university i did um sail the seas a wee bit and um so I read all of the books that I didn't have the money for because I was a poor university student. Uh, and yes. so I found my way into reading um, a bunch of other RPG books that um, were out of my price range, but reading all these different systems, I was like, okay, pretty cool. Um, and so we ended up playing other systems with my little group. And after I left university, about a year after university, I was in between jobs and I just ended up um, making a, sort of hack-ish of um, Grant Howitt's Funny Heist um, in my be- little bedroom over about a course of two hours um, in Microsoft Word and uh, about playing as scouts, rescuing your uh, camp master, your scout master um, from the dangers in the woods. Oh, that kind of scout, right. Yes, not uh, sailor scouts or... I was I was picturing like a military scout. Oh no, <laughs> um, uh, boy like, scouts. Yeah, 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 yeah. The scouting uh, association scouts. Yeah. Yes. Um. Um. Just because uh, Moonrise Kingdom is my favorite movie, and there's a lot of scouts in that. So uh, that was Sunrise Scouts. I wonder where I got the name. Um. <laughs> and just from there, uh, that got pretty popular. Um, made lots of one-page RPGs, and then uh, we ended up with, uh, at some point in there, Alyssa came on helping with um, editing, and then we ended up dating, and then we have gone through a bunch of crowdfunding uh, campaigns, and we're 
trying to make a living off of this now. So yeah, fantastic. Uh, that's a that's a really great place to have started as well. I feel like uh, lots of people have seen Honey Heist and uh, or or uh, or you know discovered it in some way, and yeah. then have gone on to be like, I could I could reskin this. Um, yeah, it's a great way to get like dozens of game design projects under your belt. Yeah, um, is just reskinning Honey Heist um, or reskinning other one like, shots. Yeah, the biggest um, like barrier well. for entry is like you're seeing all the books in the uh, the game shop, and it's like they're about a hundred pages long or whatever. But it can just be here's how you roll the dice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's uh, one of my favorite. Um, one of my formats that I uh, I tried for years to uh to write something for was a uh, was a well not tried for years but like thought mm-hmm. about for years was um was a business card size game and then I made one in 2017 and then I think in like 2019 or something there was like a business card yeah RPG jam, jam yeah. and I was like fuck <laughs> <laughs> I was too early I used my idea already I don't have anything else <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, fantastic. So I actually first saw your work with uh, Skirmish, your yes. budget-friendly um, war game. Was yes. that your first crowdfunding campaign? That was our first, yes. Yeah, wow, fantastic. That was uh, that was pretty successful, I felt. Um, Especially for the first one, yeah. Yeah. More than we thought we were going to get, so. Yeah. Uh, how... How has that sort of your experience with that informed your work going forwards? Obviously, you've done more crowdfunding, so it didn't turn you off crowdfunding. No, um, I think definitely the, the big advice I would give to anyone doing crowdfunding is get as much of the game written as you can before you even think about putting it up on a Kickstarter or Indiegogo or whatever you're using, because the moment you get the money stops being a hobby and it starts feeling like a job yeah and then you've probably i i would assume you've got a lot more pressure whether that's real or or uh real is the so when it came time whether it's external or internal is uh, a better way of saying (laughs) that um Um, yeah with skirmish we ended up putting it off for quite a while until it was like well we said we were gonna launch it in i don't know when it was like february and then we're like oh no (laughs) None of it is in layout, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I I have uh, I only ever d- I did my first project recently with uh, with other people and deadlines and uh, mm-hmm. my entire uh, my entire uh, team was people with ADHD, um, <laughs> which isn't to say that they couldn't get the work done, but is to say that they do uh, m- better work when the deadline becomes pressure, apparent. Yes. Uh, and so uh, we had a lot of um, pushing hard right at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. I got my, uh, I got my principal art like 12 hours before publishing. <laughs> Oh, well, you say that. Um, with Tournament Arc, we are still waiting on the art, <laughs> even though we're launching in, what, three weeks? So, Look, you might it might be f- fine, you know. I, yes. I like flexible deadlines. Uh, 
flexible deadlines that sound concrete. Like, um, I yeah. believe my last one was uh, before the end of the year, right? That's both very concrete <laughs> vague. and yeah. extremely flexible, especially because I live in a time zone that is towards the beginning of the day. Yeah. So I can I can just push that out right into uh into Hawaii time and still be <laughs> be both in in the first of January and in the thirty first of yes. uh, of December. Well, that that was our that was our mistake for saying the start of April. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the start is also kind of. Uh, kind that of is vague. quite flexible. When, You're when, right. Yes. When does a month really start? Um, so tournament arc, yes. Uh, what I know about that game is that it is a uh sports RPG that's designed to uh sort of allow you to emulate any kind of like sports moment in uh in a fiction, um, from like a very traditional kind of sporting uh movie narrative uh up to uh some like you could, some real extreme kind of uh fantasy uh yeah. sort of stuff um uh what uh what was the well actually i was gonna preempt myself there and ask a question that should come later mm-hmm. what was uh your pitch initially for tournament arc um basically a Yu-Gi-Oh the RPG and then we were like why not all sports anime the RPG and then why not all sports fiction the RPG so we love a bit of scope creep but I'm, yeah i mean if you're already making it uh, somewhat flexible why not make it even more flexible exactly um and how has that uh, how's that evolved from there um obviously uh, you've brought it uh, to this like wider fictional um, standing point. What are some of the where where are where are the limits? What's something that uh, what's something what's a what's something that uh, where does it stop being a sport and become something else? Oh Is well, there... we have had this argument in the uh, the the office, I suppose mm-hmm. we call it. But um, honestly, sport is kind of a limiting word for it. I think. Some people now use like competition anime. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, any um, game where there are two forces posed against each other, where there is one winner, is a spot in the is that is playable in tournament act. Basically, so you could use it to replicate that uh, that gambling school anime, for example. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so my my thought earlier when I was uh, trying to think of a future sci-fi uh, sport that was suitably ludicrous, I was like, rollerball. I'm like, rollerball isn't actually <laughs> that weird, really. It's just roller derby with more basketball. Well, you and then I was like, our, our first play test of Tournament Arc, mm. it was set in the year 207,077 or 20 triple hockey sticks. Fantastic. Uh, on the planet Europa, and we played uh, field hockey nice. against other planets. Just, so... just field hockey in yep. lower <laughs> gravity. Yeah. Wait, field hockey on Europe? Yeah. 
not ice hockey on Europa. No, no. <laughs> field, field, field hockey has taken over the solar system. They don't care what they play on Europa, what conditions they have on Europa. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Uh, I was also thinking of um, of pod racing was the other one, but I was like, oh, yeah. can you do motorsport? Yeah, well, um, I do think like, one limitation of the system is it does struggle a little bit with um, single like player mm. like spots rather than uh, rather than team spots. But there is like um, systems for that um, to like support that. So like um, you could have people on the sidelines cheering you on or like. Um, having that moment where the, the smart character pushes up their glasses and like, ah, oh, well, clearly they're using the um, the spinning trick and they give a bonus to the um, the person doing the, the spinning. That's a good trick. Right. Okay, I see. That makes me think uh, when you mentioned that, like it it uh, it doesn't do it doesn't do uh, like single uh, character. Uh, fiction as well uh i was uh-huh. thinking of um because i was still in that like vehicular thought i was like mm, so what you're saying is yacht team racing would work quite well yes yeah absolutely <laughs> hell yeah sydney to hobart but in space <laughs> <laughs> with their oars pushing against space <laughs> against the ether yeah they're sailing True. through yeah the of course <laughs> Uh, fantastic. Um, so, uh, I guess we should probably talk a little bit about the mechanics of, uh, of Tournament Arc and how does that work? Yes. Um, what, so, what, what do the mechanics of Tournament Arc look, look like? Yeah, yeah, so it is, um, basically a hack-ish of, um, any number of belonging outside belonging games. Uh, listeners might know that from Dream Askew or Wonder Home or mm-hmm. Black Bian or... I think that's how you call it. Or our yeah. interviews with uh, with Luke, because uh, I think the like two yes. times we've interviewed Luke, uh, they've talked about um, belonging yes. inside belonging games. Oh, Biscuit Fun Games is very own Goblin Country. Uh, mm-hmm. Goblin Country. <laughs> um, but yes, um, so it is a collaborative storytelling sort of uh, engine. Um, you've got your playbooks. Uh, so we've got classes like the Underdog. The uh, the brains, the ace, the lancer sort of thing, like all building on the character tropes that you know um, if you've ever watched a spot anime. Um, and yeah, so um, in addition to that, instead of having the normal setting elements like you would have in a uh, belonging it's our belonging game, we've replaced those with episodes. So we've given you twenty six. Um, episodes, a full season's worth of content um, of prompts for things that might happen. Um, so we've and got... Do, does, yeah. a, does a player... So with the setting elements normally in um, a belonging outside belonging game, uh, each person is playing their character and a setting element, is my understanding. Mm-hmm. Are you doing that with episodes or are episodes kind of almost like this automated process or um, uh, everyone's doing that same episode situation yeah, everyone collaboratively pitches in with the episode so um someone might say oh i'll play the coach or i'll play the um the rival character um oh right so an episode has like some 
sort of like some setting elements and some additional stuff built into it and you're sort of like choosing that for the the session yeah so when you select an episode there Mm -hmm. is a bunch of like here's how we'll set it up so we want you to make a the opposite the the opposing team so we've got uh systems for quickly generating opponents to play against um or people to cheer you on or against you whatever whatever the situation calls for and all sorts of um uh different things for like collaboratively building like where you might play or um things that might turn up um and then we have a list of uh plays which are like the um the moves that a selling setting element might have in a traditional bob game um which are just like prompts for if things start to slow down someone can look at the plays and say what if this happens and then if everyone agrees they get a token so it keeps it moving it um it incentivizes you to keep looking at the episode so that you can push the action forward. And then there are legacy mechanics, um, which are how we've done advancement in the game. Um, so at the end of an episode, you uh, pick, well, depending on the thing, you might as a team pick an, a legacy thing or each person does one individually, which gives you extra moves on your playbook or uh, plays for future episodes or um, helps you build up your relationships with other characters with the uh, relation points, relationship points mechanic, which helps uh, give numbers for if you're like friends with somebody or rivals or whatever. Right, 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 right. If you're acting on those uh, those relationships within the fiction. Um, yeah. Fantastic. That's so cool. Um, I guess my next question uh, from there would be... Uh, I would love to know a little bit more about how the um, how how the rapid uh, team generation for the for the rivals works because it sounds kind of like it would have been a challenge to develop. Let me open it up. Um, hang on. Of course, we'll just take a second. So yeah, NPC generation it is um, actually pretty simple. It is taking some ideas from um, Riley Reefles Galactic, um, yep. where um, how we've done it in Tournament Arc is you give some traits to the NPC. Um, so we've got Vicious or Show Off um, or Bratty, for example. Um, and those come with um, ideas for what they might look like, just to give you quick, um, like snappy ideas for them. Things to reference, make. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and those also come with um, plays, just like in the episodes. Um just to help you like get ideas for how to play as these characters. Yeah. And, um, how, and, and, and some guidance on how they might react to yeah. uh, the players. So we've um, even gone ahead and like made little character sheet uh, that character sheets that are the size of playing cards for NPCs. So you can fill them in and keep little records of all the different characters that you've made. Oh, that's so good. That's such good design. So for that. when they turn up five episodes later and they've, um, made a team or your rival that you made has turns back up and they've got a scar or something you can be like oh here they are here's what they were here's what they look like yeah <laughs> that's pretty fantastic i'm kind of here for that yeah the the having little cards thing is a is a great idea i keep having things like that uh mm-hmm. ideas like that for games and i and i am like split between is this uh, creating too much clutter, too many things you need to print, or is it? Uh, oh, I'm all about clutter. Look fair. 
yeah, that's that's hundred percent. Skirmish's whole thing was like use your clutter to play our game. <laughs> Very true, uh, and a fun game it is. Um, so um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your your challenges with the with the game. What were some of the uh, things that you some of the difficulties you ran up against while making it, be that like game mechanics that you couldn't, that you struggled to get to work or even just aspects of um, uh-huh. production. Um, I mean, a big thing has been uh, trying to get up to, uh, it's a self-imposed like requirement, but we wanted to have 26 episodes in the game. Um, we've got the two different types. We've got game episodes, which focus on uh, like playing of the game itself, whichever game you end up playing in tournament arc yeah be it football or laser hockey or whatever yeah <laughs> and life episodes which focus on the character's life outside of the game so we wanted to have 13 of each of those um and when it came to the last um few of them there was a bit of a struggle especially once we uh, broadened it from just in a school setting to wherever yep um so we had to get rid of like detention we had to uh, get rid of parents evening um like uh, after-school parties sort of thing, sneaking into the uh, the principal's office or whatever. But yeah, um, yeah, we got there in the end. Um, Alyssa is a font of ideas, um, and the game would have been made without her. <laughs> what was your uh, favorite uh, contribution from Alyssa? Oh, I know it's going to be hard to pick one. Or just just one that comes to mind. I don't know. You felt it seemed like you you sort of uh, singled out the yeah. Um, well, it was Alyssa's idea to have the Lancer playbook, which is like the rival built into the team. It's like the um, the like angsty. I don't need this team. I'm just here for my own benefit. Sort of character who then, over the course of playing, actually does like the team. Yeah. 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 The the. Uh... I know exactly the kind of uh, archetype you're thinking of. I'm trying to think of other names for it. The assassin in uh, in Seven Samurai is a little bit like that. Sometimes they don't like uh-huh. the other samurai; they're just there to kill the the old general. Yeah, um, it's they grow attached sometimes. It's having Seto Kaiba in your main characters. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 definitely. Um, I'm trying. There's a, I think there's a character like that in Beyblade as well. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, a rival in the Beyblade team that uh, that uh, begrudgingly works with everyone. Um, but by the end of the series, they're like, yeah, yeah we friends. are friends. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I'm thinking of other examples. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just realized you could definitely do Gundam build fighters uh, yes. or uh, build divers in... In this game, you couldn't do other Gundam things, but you could. Yeah, do, there's no uh, combat. Guess, <laughs> you could do you could do Gundam G Fighter, I suppose, because that is also essentially a tournament. But um, definitely, build divers and uh, and build fighters uh, would work. Uh, build build fighters is a war game. <laughs> Have to check it out. Yeah, build fighters is like a a, a gunpla uh war game where they use like uh magic to animate their Gundam models. Definitely not just a big advert. <laughs> yeah, definitely not just a big advert or a way to recycle old kits. <laughs> um and uh and build divers is that but uh but sword art online. 
It's uh, it's like a a <laughs> VR MMO. Uh, Where but you Gundam, become the Gundam. Yeah, you 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 build your you build a physical model of your Gundam, then you scan it into the holographic VR. That's uh, pretty cool. VR thing, um, and then they end up linking the two shows together about halfway through. Oof. Um, uh, not uh, not like in a crossover sort of thing, but more in like a oh, actually, this game evolved out of the other one, and it turns out that the villain is really resentful that everyone stopped playing the the, <laughs> the physical old cool game, version <laughs> the physical game and now only plays the digital uh digital version um which would be a fun like arc i feel yeah there you a go. story for tournament arcs uh, to replicate i don't know what you would do. i would I'm not sure how you would use that for other things i guess you could do like um nobody nobody plays in store magic the gathering yes. anymore <laughs> It's all no Arena now. <laughs> no one plays card fight Vanguard. Um uh yeah, wow, fantastic. Yeah, that Lancer sounds fun to have, like in your in your roster of uh player characters to have that yeah. like on the team rival. You could get some really good tension there of them like second guessing the the like mm-hmm. team captain or whatever. Um, or if it's like my uh, childhood soccer team where captain rotates, everyone would dread the episode where uh, where they are the captain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just put all their best mates up front, and yeah, I'm gonna put our I'm gonna put our best striker in goal because <laughs> they wouldn't give me their fruit shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Which I I don't know what a fruit shoot is, but I assume from context that it is like. A lunchbox snack of some kind. Yeah, it's just a drink, <laughs> fruit drink. Oh, it's a drink. I was picturing like a roll-up. No. Like a fruit leather situation. Um, yeah, well, fantastic. Um, so what are your... What are you uh, are doing for the Kickstarter uh, campaign? What are some of the rewards that you've set up, if you've set up rewards at all? I have seen a growing trend of uh, people being like, you get the game. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> well, Fuck yes, more of that. More of you get the thing and we're producing nothing extra. <laughs> but also extra stuff is also fun. Honestly, I think that might be where we're heading in the future, but I am just a sucker for Tat. Yeah, so fair. we had the stickers for Goblin Country and they actually just arrived today. Um, but we have hard enamel pins um, featuring the art of the underdog and they are gorgeous and I love them so much. So those for the, for the highest tier on the Kickstarter, but yeah, awesome. uh, we're probably going to be selling them afterwards. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you have a lot of success with um, selling the stickers after... Goblin Country had come out because I I did see them on your website when I was doing my research. Um, have they been popular um, after the fact? They honestly haven't been. Uh, to be honest, um, we have like gone back and forth on if we should just throw them into orders from the website, mm-hmm. but um, we thought they would just be like a nice exclusive thing for backers, and if people wanted to buy them, then they could. And then the one convention that we ended up going to. Uh, back last year in December, we forgot to bring them, so we couldn't sell them there either. I feel like at a convention, stickers would be even exactly. more popular because it's like, oh, I've got a, I've got a couple of gold coins left over from buying like a sausage roll or whatever some shiny doubloons. Yes, yeah, I'll <laughs> just uh, 
instead of buying a book, I'll buy these stickers. Like it's a great low cost, yeah, like uh, thing to take home. I always lament uh, traveling around Australia. I always lament uh, tourist uh, locations that don't have interesting stickers. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of really bad magnets. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, that was the best part of Mario Odyssey to me, all the little stickers you could get for the ship. I didn't know that you could get stickers for the ship in Mario Odyssey because I've never owned a Switch, but uh, I have watched Mario Odyssey be played. I didn't know that yeah. there were stickers for the ship. All the little get- destinations you could get, uh, like, uh, welcome to Tostavina on the side of your ship or whatever. That's so cool. I have um, I have a bunch of, uh, I have a sticker wall in my van uh, that is covered of with stickers from other game <laughs> designers and some publications here in Australia. Some like I shall poetry have to send you things. some goblins. No, I'm going to buy some goblins now that I know yeah. that they don't uh, that you don't sell many. Uh, that's a that's a perfect physical reward thing for someone in Australia to buy because obviously that's like a limitation yeah, of stuff here. I almost never back kickstarters and stuff at a physical level because it's like well i'm going to be paying however much for the physical thing and then i'm going to be paying like double that for shipping (laughs) double that for shipping to australia because it is easier to ship stuff to literally anywhere else in the world it's easier to ship to the himalayas than it is to ship to australia although now that i think about it the population of the himalayas is actually probably higher than the population of (laughs) australia i feel like it's really big Australia's really big and logistically far. It's not yeah. like there's not a large population here comparatively to other countries. Like our nearest neighbours have more population. I'm pretty sure Papua New Guinea has a higher population than Australia. <laughs> um, Indonesia, definitely. Indonesia is one of the most populous countries. Oh, we're getting into geography. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so... Um, the Kickstarter comes out on April uh, 16th. No, uh, it has already been kickstarted. We're releasing the game on April 16th. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I thought that tournament <laughs> arc was going to kickstarter on 2016. Uh, right, yes. Okay, I see. My mistake. Wow, okay. I didn't realize that it had already been kickstarted. Oh, my goodness. What was the Kickstarter like? <laughs> um. It was good, uh, a bit slower than our previous campaigns. Um, Do it's you possible think that we that set. Was... Sorry, you go. Yeah, it's possible that we set the uh, like the price for the book higher than we should have, but um, in the end, we got enough to fund, which is what matters, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Do you think that? Uh, Do you think that part of that um, slower? thing was um was pandemic related or was it tension from something else maybe or just luck of the draw um well all of our previous well goblin country at least we launched that in no all of our previous campaigns have been in the pandemic um as nebulous a time period as that is now yeah definitely i think the main concern was that we launched about a week or a fortnight behind the story, Bu- the story brewers campaign. That was also a sports anime inspired. Yeah. Role. I have actually played, um, uh, their one as well. I helped play test that. Um, 
and also they're uh they're from here um mm-hmm. uh, i think that's the only one of their campaigns where i didn't interview them uh in the lead up um yeah i can imagine that um maybe at the very least would cause uh yeah. anxiety for you the person running the kickstarter i know that I mean, when i they're totally I different that, games but <laughs> yes indeed totally i agree uh and also like even if they weren't totally different games pathfinder and D coexist much to yeah. it, much to both companies annoyance <laughs> yeah um yeah who says we can't have multiple sports anime games um yeah and, i mean yeah, there's are also very both... card based and mechanic based and now is very story game based so yeah exactly totally different vibes much like the way uh lancer and beam saber play very differently yeah. um and are telling very different stories um and they're and both every, very good games and they're both very good games so i hear and every uh and every other mecha rpg like um tournament arc apparently tournament arc yeah we play gundam <laughs> i'm gonna have to write like a guide for playing uh build fighters tournaments in in tournament arc i think i think that's gonna be my <laughs> my end of year project maybe we'll see i'll, I'll write that while i do play tests for live love die um yeah wow fantastic so what are what are some of your uh your plans for tournament arc once you uh once you get it out and released are you thinking of doing more content for it uh do you have plans in the future for it or is uh or uh or is it sort of done for you now other than other than maintenance um well we have sort of been kicking around an idea for doing uh some like extra content zines um similar to how dot dungeon did their pre-game lobby um, zines. Yeah, I uh, haven't actually heard about those, but that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, so our idea was zines. selling like a season pass for like extra content, like it's a games as a service, as, as if it's Destiny 2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would release a couple zines for it. Um, but that has sort of fell on the wayside. So we might come, well, I would like to come back to that um, in a few months' time, once we've seen where the, the water settles on Tournament Arc, but... Um... Yeah, sort of see what the interest is like and stuff. I know that that sort of gauging the interest has been a, mm-hmm. always a weird thing for me where I, f- when I feel like something's like going to be... When I feel like something's gotten heaps of interaction and then like it releases and no one cares. No one cares. Like, where yeah. were the 30 people that were... <laughs> That were clamoring for this whenever I mentioned it, yeah. um, uh, or uh, or like um, I had I I started producing a a game in sort of components um, thing uh, I think early no late last year um, this this like game that's coming out in like sections and I thought that was really awesome um, and. And, and each section that comes out, barely any interest, presumably because they don't have community copies on them and I'm asking people to pay mm. $4. Weird. For <laughs> um, what people are assuming is an incomplete game, I guess. Yeah, which is wild because, like, the default game is definitely complete. But uh, anyway, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting how it's hard to gauge uh, 
what that yeah. what interest is going to be like. Um, I I think I remember you talking about on Twitter at some point mentioning um, something about skirmish not being like as popular as you thought it was going to be or something to that effect? No, actually, over the last month, because of the itch uh, Ukraine charity bundle, um, we have had a lot of like people downloading it because it was on like the second page of the bundle for some reason. <laughs> so it suddenly like picked up a load of steam and like lots of people talking about it and like, oh my God, you made skirmish sort of thing in our mentions. And oh, wow. It's like... Do, do people want more skirmish? Question mark? I'm so I'm so glad that that's turned around because I thought that I had seen a tweet a while ago about you sort of being like oh, I wanted to do more content for skirmish, but I'm not sure if that's going to be no. Well, I've enough. been on and off making um, like bonus armies um, on yeah, yeah. Patreon. Um, right, just uploading them when I get time to make them. Uh, I'm a very burst of inspiration right in an hour where it's not going to happen sort of person. Yeah, same. This is this is um, why I tend to design now straight into uh into Canva, despite oof. how much the despite how much the neurotypical game designers tell me that's a bad idea. I'm like, oh, I understand <laughs> I understand why why other people think that's a bad bad idea, but uh, I get it, but still oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just faster to produce. Like it's uh it's that it's already in the design. Document. It's basically made. It's basically made. If I do layout now, I don't have to. It also allows yeah. for faster task switching. But I'm not here to explain my game design process. I think probably <laughs> as a last last question, seeing as we're sort of already on the topic, um, what do, what where do you begin when when making a game? Um, obviously, you get your idea, whatever that is, and then what's the first sort of thing that you do once you've decided, yes, I'm going to make this thing? Um, well, typically we get our ideas on the walk back from the supermarket. That's a fantastic <laughs> place uh, to um, get ideas. I used to get them in the shower, but now it's... <laughs> we, I've grown as a person. It's a supermarket walk home now. Um, it's but, a far more yeah, responsible is... adult place to uh, get ideas. <laughs> Um, honestly, a lot of it is just open up a Google Doc or even just writing a tweet of ideas, just like bullet points. Here's the theme. Here's what you do in it. Here's a mechanic I've sort of half thought up. Would this be a good game? And then just knocking it back and forth with Alyssa. Um, and then if she takes a liking to it, we end up <laughs> writing a page or two in a day. So... Yeah. Fantastic. I sound it must be lovely to have a uh a game design or just a design in general, uh uh partner that you can uh that you can bounce ideas off like that. Um yeah. Especially so, in person. Um, that is actually how we got our idea for our next upcoming project. Oh. If you would like an exclusive. Oh yeah, I'd love that exclusive sneaky behind the scenes hot scoop. Okay. Uh so on the walk home from Big Sainsbury's, um, we just decided, just like apropos of nothing, say a word. And so I think she said toxicology. And that reminded me of an old idea I had for like effects of like magic potions and like healing spells in your typical fantasy world. And oh, then yeah. we ended up writing about six pages worth of like academic essays on. Um, 
like the different sorts of like drawbacks of like divine healing and druidic healing and magic potion healing and we ended up putting together like a whole like academic paper like collection like essay collection and we thought well hey this is cool maybe we just release this and then of course because i am queen of scope creep we thought why not a couple of zines why not get our friends involved i think that's a fun idea though that's pretty cool i am about that i'm here for that i yeah one of um one of the ideas that i always thought was really cool but never actually like bought when i uh, was a teenager uh playing uh warhammer 40k was the there was this like book that came out um sort of like a setting art book essentially that was written as an in-world artifact of yeah. some uh autoxenos inquisitors musings on all of the <laughs> all of the alien species that they have yeah that they've dissected and helped destroy. <laughs> um, I think that's also the book that originates the idea that um, the Tau Ethereals must mind control the other Tau via pheromones. And I'm like, that sounds like some <laughs> Imperial bullshit to me. Yeah, that sounds like propaganda. Rather than that actual... sounds like shit this Xenos dude made up because he can't properly... Con- this Xenos Inquisitor made up because he can't <laughs> conceptualize that... Uh, that people would do things for the betterment of each other. Um, and not for the emperor. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, and then we get those annoying videos about uh, how it would be better to live in the Imperium than the Tau empire. Cause at least you're not <laughs> mind controlled. I'm like, that's propaganda, my man. Anyway. Um, <laughs> my point was that I love those like in universe fiction uh-huh. um, texts and stuff where the entire thing is presented in character and it becomes this artifact of the world that has been brought into uh, yeah. into our reality it's just got like it's so many levels of theatricality With, like, characters is like the writing characters biases into the text yeah yeah all that sort of stuff is amazing i did a tiny project similar um in idea uh, a while ago um that was like a i meant to emulate like a mid century mid 20th century like pamphlet produced by some um academic uh that's meant to outline how a demonic summoning ritual works yeah <laughs> um uh and i wrote the i originally wrote the entire itch page for that in character as well and would answer, reply to comments in That's the character cool. of the person that had written I like it. That. And I didn't put the, I didn't put like game tags on it for a really long time on itch, <laughs> uh, because I'm like, it's not a game. It's a real actual translation. Yes. Um, and then I started getting uh, emails uh, asking me about the intricacies of this magic thing and like, oh, it says it's a translation. What was the original? I'm like, <laughs> um, well, it's 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 translated interdimensionally. Um, <laughs> so it's based on a text that doesn't exist in our reality, uh, but exists in my dreams. <laughs> Um, and then I'm like, all right, that's the end of this talking in character thing. This is yeah. getting dangerous. <laughs> Out of hand. <laughs> um, uh, 
but yeah, I love that sort of that sort of world building um, sort of thing. So I think it's an awesome idea, and I look forward to seeing that uh, come out. And I'm looking really looking forward to uh, to tournament arc being released, not kickstarted because it's already yeah. kickstarted, <laughs> but being released <laughs> on April 16th. I can't believe I thought that you were still kickstarting. I yeah, I forgive you. <laughs> Um, what has been your favorite um, tournament arc uh, game uh, so far? Obviously, you talked about uh, field hockey on Europa, not ice hockey though. Field hockey on Europa. Um, <laughs> what are what are some of your others other favorite uh, sports you've played in tournament arc? Um, we did a very loose. Uh, like serial numbers filed off version of video game high school which oh yes i remember that youtube show yeah um high school from epic middle time was the principal principal. (laughs) yeah um so we were playing mobas instead of shooters in that which is quite fun um we had one uh which was um like a wizard school where everyone had like a summoned familiar that helped them and it was like Crufts, like a dog show, but for fil- oh, familiars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I was, uh, before I was born, my my mum was a uh, was a, a dog breeder and did uh, did dog shows oh, wow. with her two oldest daughters. Um, That's fun. Uh, so I am I am tangentially aware of that <laughs> yeah. uh, that world. Yeah. Wow. Oh man, fucking wizard dog sh- familiar dog shows is a wild <laughs> like. That's that's real like expansion of what is and isn't a sport. Um, Honestly, like people just come up with these cool ideas when they're making up games. It's like, well, why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I kind of want to see tag. I want to see like competitive yeah, tag. Competitive tag. <laughs> Paintball team would work pretty good. That would be probably. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, yacht race. I did mention that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the idea of a yacht race. Um, could you do competitive tornado chasing? Oh, is that a like, thing in real life? Well, I know that tornado chasing is a thing and that sometimes different tornado hunting teams sort of like build a rivalry of like who can get to the tornado faster. But yeah. uh and who I can like predict that, yeah. its path better, but I don't know if it's necessarily competitive. I mean, if you wanted to get really meta, competitive D and D used to be a thing. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, will the uh, Austin Albears beat the uh, Kentucky Beholders? Yeah, who can who can clear the dungeon most efficiently in the least amount of time using the least amount of resources? Yeah. Um, speed running. Yeah. Yeah. Speed running, speed team based speed running would be interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So many ideas. What a, what a fontful, uh, uh, game. Um, yeah. Damn. That's so cool. Such a cool idea. Uh, I'm so glad that it exists. Um, yeah. it has I hope been it finds its audience. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope so too. I, I think that there's a lot of people that are, keen for more sports uh, Mm -hmm. RPG stuff. And I think Tournament Arc has a fantastic place. I actually, I was just about to do like the beginning of the sign-off stuff, but then I remembered something. Um, Early on 
in Tournament Arcs Press, I seem to recall something about how you could use slot it into another game as like a one shot, or am I completely misremembering something? Is that something that was said at some point? I don't remember saying that. <laughs> I must be thinking of something else, um, or I or I just misconstrued from the title. Uh, but I definitely think somebody could do that. Somebody could definitely do a one shot of tournament arc for like, oh, our D and D players have to, uh, our D and D characters have to do a do a like weird wizard sports episode, <laughs> wizard jousting. Yeah. Oh man, J- team based jousting like the original tourney. Like the one, uh, yeah. the ones they used to hold on the on the Thames when it froze over, where they'd line up all the fucking horses and charge at each <laughs> other. Just do a, an actual tourney in tournament arc. Mm. Fuck. <laughs> Hell yes. Oh man, that's oh, ooh, that's so good. Fantastic. It's been a pleasure speaking to you finally, because obviously yeah. we tried to organize an interview for for <laughs> skirmish, but uh, but that got away from us. But we did eventually get an interview for tournament arc. Um, and it sounds like a wonderful game. Uh, and I really hope, as you said, that it finds its audience and that we see lots of uh, lots of people playing it. Um, if people want to follow your work or find out more from you, uh, where can they find you online? Yeah, so I am most active on Twitter. Um, we have a Patreon with an attached Discord. Uh, so if you fancy talking to me directly, that's where you can find me. Um, we do have our website, biscuitfungames.com. Um, and yeah, that's basically everything. <laughs> Fantastic. And you'll be able to find links to uh, all of those places that were mentioned down below in the show notes on uh, SoundCloud or our website or anywhere where you're listening to the podcast. Um, like I said, it has been a pleasure um, uh, talking to yes. you and thank you for coming on the show. If you're thank listening you for to having this, me. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Um, if you're listening to this and you enjoyed the interview, uh, do share it. And uh, if you want to hear more interviews from game designers, uh, we have a bunch uh, over on our website that you can listen to. Um, but for now, farewell from the past. I'm Ray. <laughs>